Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. This week, I'm talking to you guys about a book that combines two sort of subgenres that I really enjoy. And a part of me is wondering, like, why I hadn't either looked for or seen this before, because I'm sure it exists. Um, but it just like never clicked to me, to my brain, to put two and two together to get to four. And you're probably going, pero is she going to tell us? Of course, of course, I'm going to tell you. So this week, I'm talking to you guys about A Wolf in Duke's Clothing by Susanna Allen. And in case you're like, wait, does she mean I do? This book is a historical, but also paranormal. Yeah, yeah. We've got historical, you just said in the past. We also got paranormal because guess what? There are wolves. (laughs) Um, So I don't remember how I came across this book. Either someone mentioned, I feel like I was on my Instagram, going through my Instagram stories, seeing millions of books being recommended and just putting random shit on hold because it sounded cool. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the library and put that one on hold. Like I will take screenshots um, of things and then go through the, my screenshots and put everything I screenshotted on hold. Well, no, that's not true. I will go to the library app, search for everything that's in the screenshots, right? Read the little blurb. If the blurb, along with what the person said, really gets me, put it on hold or borrow. If I'm like, mm, that sounded cool coming from them, but this blurb is making me question things, I'll think about it. Usually I still put, if it's something that's like... um needs a hold I'll put it on hold if it's to borrow right away sometimes I'm like oh I don't know if I'm feeling that right now maybe I'll think about it but that's generally like I do that a lot so I don't remember whose Instagram story it was or whose uh, Twitter post it was but it was somebody right um so just in case you're out there and you're like I post about books but does anyone pay attention we do (laughs) we do let me rephrase that I do um I'm constantly, I, I should get better about like making clearer notes of like, oh, I decided to borrow this because so-and-so said this, but I also am not that organized, right? And I also feel like I follow amazing people who always recommend really great books. So anyway, anyway, the hold came through and I was like, I don't remember when I even put this on hold, but I put it on hold and you know, let me borrow this um so I borrowed it and I started to read it and I was kind of like because Susanna Susanna Allen is a brand new author to me I'd never read anything by her before this may also be her debut which let me check on that but I'm pretty sure it's her debut so that also kind of explains why I would have never read her before if there are no other books um Ah, here we go. She's a writer. Paranormal Regency Bromance. That's right, girl. That's right. Um, Let me see. No, she has other books. Oh, so this book, A Wolf in Duke's Clothing, I believe is part of the shapeshifters of the Beaumont Beaumont series, I guess. (gasps) Ooh, the second book is coming out December 2021. I didn't even know that. I just... 
Oh, guys, guys, guys. Very soon, very soon. Because can you believe it's fucking November? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, time. She also writes as Susan Conley. And she's got a book called Drama Queen, The Fidelity Project, Many Brave Fools. Okay, okay, Susanna, I see you. Anyway, so I was like, well, let me start reading. And I enjoyed it. There were moments where I was like, excuse me. But I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think because in part, I like historicals. I like paranormals, right? I love shifter books. I've always enjoyed sh- shifter books. Um, I think the way that shifters work in this book and will be working in the series, I really like seeing that, right? Because a shifter book can literally just be focused on a specific animal pack, right? It can be a wolf pack. It can be a bear clan, whatever. Um, It can be pumas, mountain lions, which is interchangeable, but you know, jaguars. Has anybody done a whole, like, shifter clan of tigers i don't know i have read i believe drea anderson's shifter books where there's like where the lead guy isn't called an alpha he's called a felix which i was like oh i like this i believe those were different types of cats to get yeah but even there i don't think that there were tigers and it could also be if you're setting books in, you know, the American continent, it's less likely that you're going to do tigers because tigers aren't, you know, um, what is the word when things aren't from a place? Native. There we go. Tigers aren't native to the American continent. But anyway, before I get lost on that tangent, um, so there are shifter books where the focus is specifically on a specific group of shifters in a pack or clan, whatever you want to call them enclave commune um and they're all of the same sort of um species right they're all the same thing (gasps) giraffe shifter books imagine anyway but then there are other shifter books where there are multiple kinds of shift like there are books where it's like there are just wolves right but then there are books where it's like in this world there are animals people who shift into animals and that could be any myriad of animals right shelly Lawrenceson's books have honey badgers which are fucking incredible you've not read those please i beg of you run go right honey bear honey badgers bears panda oh anyway right so in her world shifters jackals like basically any animal that exists can also be like a shifter in that there are people who are both a human half and that animal half right um so this book a wolf in duke's clothing is like that this is even though you hear wolf and you're like this is about the wolves of course there are wolves the main character is a wolf but there are also other types of animal shifters in this world in this book um so then what i think is really interesting is It's now also set in the Regency, right? So I think the tagline was like, uh, in the library copy, like, you know, Bridgerton. Because for popular culture right now, Bridgerton is like the clear example of that time period for people who aren't romance readers and don't really, you know, know much about that type 
that time period. Um, whereas I'm like, okay, but like, it's not just Bridgerton, like, there's so many. So basically, this is a world where we've got rakes, we've got dukes, we've got the Beaumont, right? We've got balls, uh, you've got wallflowers, you know, you've got mer- the merchant class, you've got the noble class, the tensions between the two, and you also have shifters. So truly, um, just a book, like, Taylor made from Wah <laughs> and my interest because like what was the last book I spoke about a historical and the one before that was I not a paranormal so bringing the two together <laughs> I was like oh wow Susanna you like peered into my mind but did she because I didn't even know I wanted this which is wild why wouldn't I wa- why didn't I think I wanted I don't know anyway so I definitely, I think for a first book, I think it did um, similar to, what was it I read last week? The Evil Lee. Um, I think, again, first book of a series did a really good job with the world building. Again, I do think historicals in some ways get to build on the existing framework of this world that exists across the genre in a way that is interesting specifically for historicals right because again although now that i'm thinking about it i guess when you're writing contemporaries right you're building on our actual world so maybe you don't eh, anyway i don't know where my brain was going with that but but then what's cool is then you add in this other element that I haven't seen, obviously, before. Um, and so now we've got, like, this historical time period that is sort of, you know, really well-known, well, uh, you know, I've, it's well-trod, you know. And all of a sudden, it's like, oof, it's new and sparkly all over again. Because you've added, you know, this paranormal element. Um, and I did really, really enjoy that. I also think that I really enjoyed um the main couple so our two main characters we've got Alfred Blakesley Duke of Lowell and he is a wolf shifter and alpha of the shifters of Lowell Hall and then we've got Felicity Templeton uh she's a wallflower and she is a product she is a child of two people who were from two classes, one from the merchant class, one from the noble class, who got together, right? And whenever you read Regency books, you know that that marriages between the classes like that, there's always so much tension, so much friction. There's always, um, well, not always, but it usually is expected that people on both sides of of that divide are going to be unhappy about the, the two people who've made this decision. Um, because it's just kind of like, ugh, you married a merchant? Ugh, you married a noble? Like, there's going to be that, like, um, bullshit around all that. So Felicity is the child of a union, of one of those kinds of unions, which I think is, um, I think it's interesting because, again when 
having read as much historical as I have, there are definitely books where I'm reading the her parents' story, right? A a rich person and a and a person of the what is it? Nobility? I was gonna say something else. Whatever, you know what I mean. But in this case, I'm reading the story of the child of that union, right? And I think Lisa Kleypas does have a number of books because she does have, like, um, those pairings. And then, like, the actually the most recent Lisa Kleypas, uh, Merritt Sterling, she's a daughter of that kind of a union because her mother was an American heiress and her father is Earl of whatever the whatever the fuck oldest earldom and the yada 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 I don't remember but like Merritt is the child of that kind of a union um but what in the case of that book Merritt's parents are together are happy and like nobody really like not to say they didn't have challenges but it in this book we're seeing like what happens when you know the parents choose love of course um things don't quite work out the way you want them to right and all of a sudden you know she's got a duke who wants her and she's a wallflower right which in this world that's always one of those like whoa what because dukes like why would a duke a duke who could have anyone because they are a duke right and in this case he's like a really attractive duke because if you're like a sick and feeble duke then it's like well you're a duke but you also look like trash so maybe not but when you're like a hot duke and you're a duke like you could have anybody um and here you are picking a wallflower a wallflower who dresses terribly <laughs> why um so I, it was interesting to see um that and also in this world the truth this is not a world where humans and shifters live side by side in in, you know harmony with you know obviously random you know cases no no no. shifters are very much hidden from the real world or not mm, shifters are very much hidden from human sight right because it's all the one same real world or whatever but humans don't know about shifters unless they have lived in close proximity with shifters and or are married into shifter families. Um, so that was also very interesting. Like, how how do you navigate that? Um, and of course, though, it it is different from being set in a contemporary world because one of the things that's been interesting when reading contemporary shifter books where shifters are hiding is, you know, how the advent of cameras and cell phones really, really can impact, you know, how you keep the truth of your yourselves um, quiet. In this book, you don't have to worry about that because none of that shit exists, right? Like, there are no cameras yet. There are no, you know, cell phones yet. Because um, this is, the, we're going around by horse run carriage, girl. Um but also, how you get into a horse on carriage when you're a wolf? <laughs> how does that work? Horses ain't dumb. Um, and all of this is explained in the book. So I really, really, I definitely think for a very first book, set the tone of the world, explained a lot without it feeling like whatever or weird. Um, part of me is like, this is kind of new. 
how long ago did this book come out? Like, how how badly would I spoil it for y'all if I, I'll start speaking about, about spoilers? Oh, it came out April of this year. Okay. I don't want to be a, a boot hole. Um, I just, like, fuck it up completely in case you were like, yo, I really wanted to read that. I mean, I also feel like you should, like, listen to this after you've read it. But what I'm going to do... Um, wait, is there anything else I could talk about the book without, like, going into detail? Mm, I don't think so. Like I said, I think for a first book, it does a really good job. Um, it was interesting to definitely be, like, in this, like, world that I, like, recognize, but also have these very new elements. And I think, um, the author did a really good job with that, um... And I'm definitely looking forward to the next book that I now know comes out in December because that's right around the corner. And I'm very curious because that was the other thing. The characters felt like, you know, when you read a book and you're just like, I'm loving this mean couple, but I also really want to know what happens with this person and this person. That's how I felt as I was reading. I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, but like, tell me more about these two i hope these two get a book because oh my goodness um so i'm very 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 curious very curious oh wait a minute now that i'm reading the blurb for the second book it's not even who i want interesting don't hmm hmm i vaguely remember these people and yet here they are i don't know how i feel i mean i'm gonna read it (laughs) i like i'm like i don't know how i feel like i'm not gonna read the book but i did enjoy this world and i want to go i want to see where else it goes right um and also how George the Prince of Wales um, fits into this paranormal regency. Because he makes an appearance. Um, so I definitely will be following. Alright, so I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to come back and, you know, there will be spoilers. Y'all know the drill. Okay, so now I go into detail, all right, about a wolf in Duke's clothing. So we've got Alfred and we've got Felicity. Now, Felicity is human, has no idea that this world exists. Alfred, on the other hand, is not only the Duke of Lowell, but he is the alpha of the shifters of Lowell Hall. Now, what is interesting about the way that this book works, right, What's his name? Alfred. Alfred is Alpha. I love it. Alfred, Alpha. Maybe that's why they did that. Anyway, he's not just Alpha of, say, wolves. He is Alpha of shifters at Lowell Hall. And the shifters at Lowell Hall range across, you know, the animal kingdom kind of thing, right? There are magpies. There are, like, there are just different kinds of shifters, right? So he is sort of like 
this person that's in charge of all of these um, people. And we learn that in this world, everybody has like a true mate. And a true mate bond is, you know, like, it is very typical of wolf, wolf shifter books. Like, they smell the person and it's like, oh, that's the one. Now, the drama, the conflict, his parents had said that they were a true mate bond and had ruled. But it turns out they never were. They just wanted to rule so that they could, you know, uh, I think it's like, I don't remember. Maybe this wasn't fully explained or I don't fully understand. I wasn't totally clear on why. I think the father just didn't, the father and mother just didn't want, like, they made this agreement, like, we're just going to say that we're each other's true mate, so we can, you know, lead and be this powerful alpha couple, except when you're not actually a true mate bond, there are consequences. And one of the consequences, um, oh, because he, one of the issues had been, he had been out, like, searching for his true mate bond and he had a sister and then his parents were just gonna mate her to some guy and she was kind of like wait what and he was kind of like wait what and i think out of all that the truth comes out of the fact that his parents were never really a true mate bond but that that doesn't just affect them it ends up affecting everybody under them because it also meant that essentially as punishment for lying about something as major as this nobody in their you know, grouping, their shifter, clan, group, whatever, can have kids until, you know, you have an alpha pair that's actually a true mate bond, which is like, imagine you're just living your life, hoping to meet, you know, your true mate, and then homeboy that leads you, when did all them shenanigans, so now you can't have shit? So, Alfred has literally been traveling everywhere trying to find his true mate. Then he goes to this, he's returned to London thinking, okay, I'm going to have to figure something else out. Um, goes to this one ball and sniffs, smells full of the city and is like, damn, there she is, right? Which is also like hilarious. Like, you left, you left for five and she was right there. She was right there. Um, I mean, she's 25, so she would have been 20, so, mm, but she was right there. Now, Felicity, on the other hand, um felicity is an orphan both of her parents have passed away her mother first in a horse riding accident and her father after um and so uh her guardian is her uncle her mother's brother now what i thought was really interesting usually in historical romances when someone from the merchant class marries someone from the noble class it's the noble class's family that's like oh, how dare you have married beneath you 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 terrible terrible person right felicity's mother was you know the daughter of some important merchant i don't remember what he does and her father was the baron in this case it's felicity's mother's family that's like how could you marry that and i think it's more a question of like it's not so much she's a baron, it's that they probably had wanted to marry her to someone specific to um, either increase the family coffers or something else. And I wonder if he hadn't been a baron, but he'd been a duke or an earl, if there would have still been that animosity. There might have been, because I think it's easy to for, for, to think, or it's easy, it, 
not easy, but it, there have to have been people in the merchant class who had, you know, buckets and buckets of money who just like looked at the nobles and were like, you're just parasites. We don't like you. Like we're out here actually making money and you just like were born into a family. And so therefore you are trash. So anyway, Felicity has been told by her uncle that as long as she is unmarried by the time she hits 25 she's gonna inherit a bunch of money so felicity being a smart girl is like all right how can i make myself unmarriageable dress atrociously (laughs) as a you know picking the most atrocious colors the most atrocious combinations and you know just being terrible um having no conversation right so that nobody wants her and then of course alfred shows up and is like I'm taking you from this. And, and that's the other thing. He like grabs her at the ball and like, le- like I think they've, he like tips her over a balcony. And I mean, he's a shifter, so he catches her and all that. But like, he basically kidnaps her from a ball. So she's ruined on all this. And she's just kind of like, what? Like my life is ruined. I'm trying to stay unmarried and it's so close. And now you're about to mess it all up. Like, you're a dupe. Go find somebody who, you know, else. Of course, she has no idea that he is like, no, 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 no. You are my true mate. So what I think, I think the way in which she finds the truth out about him and, you know, his people is done really well. Um, She does, there's a one point where she's out riding. She comes across him in his, like, wolf form. But she's kind of like, I'm in England. There are like wolves. It's probably just a big dog. And she like tells them all this stuff because she feels comfortable. And <laughs> which I think is such, it's such a funny scene because she's just like basically talking to him like a dog. And like, he's just like, oh, like I'm getting to learn all these things about her, which is kind of a little underhanded, right? Because he's learning about her and she has no idea. But it's also hilarious that she's fully like, he's he's just a big black dog. And it's like, he's not a dog, girl. That's a wolf. But, you know, she's just kind of like, nah, it's not a wolf. Because he's also not like snarling and trying to kill her. He's just like very docile. So she's like, ah, must be dog, you know, Um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, And what we also find out is that one of her really close friends is also a shifter. She has no idea. Um, and we learn about that, you know, later on, but I did really like, um, I don't think that Felicity is ever sort of made to be seen as like a pitiful kind of heroine. You know, she has this dream of owning, um, owning, (laughs) owning, um, a stud, right? That's where you, you. You know, people bring their horses, their mares, their female horses to get bred by <laughs> a stud and create racing horses because that, that was like her mother's love. Like her mother, I mean, has passed, but it was a riding, riding accident. Um, but she still loves horses. And then, of course, the drama is that like the actual truth is her, her uncle has been lying to her entirely about her inheritance because he hates her. And what her mother, like, basically, he hates the fact that her mother ever married that man, hates her, like, it's this whole thing. Um, so he's actually actively trying to, you know, mess up her life. Um, and, like, doesn't, you know, want, is fine with her not being rescued, 
because that works out for him. Um, so I definitely, storyline wise, was like, okay, I like this. I'm enjoying this. And I feel like Alfred definitely, like, has, you know, once he's like, let me explain everything to you. Like, I don't. I think at first he's like, well, I can't just tell her right away. Because, yeah, I too would be like, well, I don't think I can just tell someone that I kind of kidnapped out of ball. That I also turn into a wolf. Like, they're going to freak out. Like, we got to ease them into it a little. Just just a little. We can't just, like, whoo, blurt that out. That's not how that works. Um, but when she understands and, like, and I think she sees that Alfred is not, like, this, like, terrible person. He's pretty, like good of a person so she's kind of like oh okay now my only probably like excuse moi I, I'm confused um the way in which it's written it's not sometimes there are historicals there are historicals that I read that are pretty much it's like it sounds very like like the situations and everything but like the, the language that's used feels more or less contemporary that's not the case here. And there were also, like, words that were capitalized that I was like, I don't know why. So there were moments where I was sort of taken out of the story because I'd be like, why is that capitalized? Why is that capitalized? That don't make no sense. And I thought about it later and I was like, okay, I guess, because sometimes it would be in dialogue. And I was like, I guess that's trying to let me know that there was, like, an emphasis placed at that point. But I don't like it. I wasn't a fan. Um... I still definitely, like, finished the book because I was like, I need to know what happens and how this works and whatever. But there were moments where I was like, pero, why is this capitalized? I don't. And so that would sometimes just the, the, the structure of that would kind of, like, mess with my brain. And I'd just be like, mm, that's not really working for me. Um, and I need it to stop. So there, that would probably be my only, like, big drawback where I was like, what because i definitely understand like people being capitalized but there were just things like this is a sentence she turned to her fate and ended up face first in a cravat of perfection cravat and perfection are capitalized why yeah they don't need to be you could have just said a cravat and perfection and i'm yes fine emphasis but i don't like it there were moments where I was like, nah, this is doing too much. Like, poor K. Don't do it. Um, because it was just like, ugh, just. And I think only because I literally would be reading and be like, wait, why is that? Like, I'd have to stop and be like, nah, there's no reason for that to be capitalized. Just like, other than this is what the author wanted. So, I mean, this is what the author wanted, and I, uh, it's not for me. But aside from that, like, one thing where I was like, but if you don't stop doing this, but if you don't stop doing this, um, I did really enjoy this. I'm curious and excited to see where the series goes, because I think it'll be really interesting. Because again, I'm just like, wait, shapeshifters in the Regency? Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, I'm now gonna have to start looking for books that are shapeshifters in just other time periods. Like, hello? Shapeshifters in New York in the Gilded Age? 
I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if it's not out there and you an author, something to think about. Because why not? Because why not? You know what I mean? You should do it. But no, it definitely was an enjoyable book. Um, And, you know, I also wonder if we'll see any signs of Alfred and Felicity in future books. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Right? I only wonder this, right, because they're like the first ones we see. So they're kind of like our, as, since they're, since they are our intro to the world, um, it would be kind of cool to have them do like cameo appearances in other books. But I don't know, obviously, because the books aren't here yet. Um, but I will, I will, I will keep you guys posted in case that does happen. All right, then. I think that's, uh, that's it. Uh, Gratitude Attitude is coming up next. Okay, so time for a Gratitude Attitude. Okay, so the very big thing I'm grateful for, I'm probably going to keep saying this the next few weeks because I'm a weirdo, but Archangel's Light was everything absolutely everything i loved that book so much i enjoyed it so much i am so thankful that it exists um i i was actually good i mean i was up until midnight to make sure it downloaded onto my phone but i didn't start it i actually didn't start it um that has a lot more to do with the fact that I was just finishing up Archangel's Sun because I was like, you know what? Let me just have that fresh, fresh in my mind before I go into the next one. Um, and then I did start reading it at work, so but they'd be fine. I, I did I did actually work. I was present. It's just I would take little breaks and read. And it was such a good book. <laughs> just so much information, so much history. It's, oh. I loved it. Again, I am clearly not objective about this at all, right? If you're expecting a girl, no, not for me. Um, but if you were wondering, like, what a Stan thought, <laughs> this Stan loved it and cannot wait for the next one, which is <laughs> a whole year away. Oh, God. It's all right. It's all right. Um, so that's really, like, the big thing. The second thing that I'm grateful for, which is all this little uh, Nalini thing related. Okay, so she was doing a virtual Zoom release party. And I mixed up the time zone. So I stayed up late Thursday night, right? Going into... But technically, I needed to have stayed up late Wednesday night. Because that would have been... um, For the East Coast, that would have been the time period. Or it would have been early Thursday morning aka 2 30 in the morning um for me to see that so i'm i'm it's thursday i'm staying up late because i'm like yeah i'm gonna and then i was like why is the zoom link not working and then i went to like eventbrite it's like it ended and i was like oh no did i do like did google lie to me about like <laughs> the time zone 
no, Google didn't lie, but I didn't put in the, the, the so I, that that's where I messed up. But then I don't know what I was doing. And I think it was either on her Instagram or whatever I saw, might've been her Twitter. I saw she was doing an Instagram live with a, a bookstore in Sydney, Australia. And I was like, well, that's only a half an hour from now and I'm still awake. So I stayed away. I watched that Instagram live um i think it was up until like four something in the morning because it ended around like four ten. it was so good i enjoyed it so much i love listening to her talk um the questions that were brought up um so i was just like damn um that was a little late but i was just it made me so happy it made me so so happy um and then i guess the third thing um, that I am grateful for, um, and this was kind of a weird one, but maybe not. I don't know. So what day are we on? I don't know. Anyway, it was like two days ago. It was like, so I think I'd mentioned before, I've been trying to hit um, on my Apple Watch my three, my three circles, right? My stand goal, my move goal, my exercise goal. So that day. Yes, it was Friday because, which now that I think about it, anyway, so th- fr- Thursday, Friday morning, right, was the morning that I basically was like up at the ass crack of dawn or whatever, watching the, the Nalini thing. I ended up working that day and I was like, well, I still want to hit my goals. Um, and I needed to pick up my prescription at the pharmacy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go walk, get that. And then go for a walk. And I was like, I'm going to walk across the bridge today, right? Whatever. And then I'll probably like do a quick little like one, two block on the other side of the bridge in Greenpoint and then walk back. So it was supposed to rain, but it wasn't raining. I had brought my umbrella with me, but I was like, well, it's not raining, so I'm fine. And it wasn't like, you know, when it's like cool outside, but it's not like cold so it was perfect walking weather. So when I got my prescription, then I started walking across the bridge. And then I was like, oh, this wind. Oh, this wind. And there's a portion of the bridge. This is a drawbridge kind of bridge. Like it, I've actually seen it open because usually I see drawbridges. I'm like, I've never seen this open. Is this, does, does this even function? No, I've seen this one open. It functions. But that portion where it opens, the railing probably comes to just above my hip. Maybe it's not very high. And it was windy as fuck. The rest of the bridge, you've got like steel, whatever, fencing that's probably like tops out at, I want to say eight or nine feet. So technically, if the wind blew really hard into that, you'd hit that and bounce. But that that drawbridge portion, if you're not careful, like tip tip over into water. So I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back across this bridge. Absolutely. the no. No, I I don't ever need to be that person who is like, we found her body in the water on the knee. I I don't swim. It's cold. It's dark. No. <laughs> so I crossed the bridge and I was like, okay, to get home, um, I have, I'm just going to take the ferry home. I was like, I can either go to the so- North Williamsburg stop or the South Williamsburg stop, but whichever one, I can then take that ferry back. So then I'm walking and then it starts to rain. And you're probably like, what is the point of this story? I I remember being younger and being not ever really wanting to be outside when it rained or when the weather was weird. 
And I don't know at what point that changed. And I think a lot of that had to do with it's like, oh, but if you're out there and the weather is crappy, then your outfits gets ruined. And like just being really focused on not like just being all like a mess if you were outside. And at some point that changed and it just felt so nice and freeing to just be like, yeah, it's raining and I'm walking and what? And that may sound strange to you, but for me, it was like, I definitely was just like, yeah, like, I don't know that I would have done this even five years ago. I would have been like, oh, no, I'm going to get wet. Now I'm like, am I sugar? (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm not melting. I'll be fine. And there's something to be said for walking outside when it's, you know, kind of inclement weather. The streets are quieter. And of course, I also live in New York City, right? So it was Halloween Eve Eve. So the streets weren't dead, (laughs) but they were quieter. Maybe I would feel differently if I lived somewhere like Grand Rapids, right? I still marvel at the fact that I walked from the hotel to a coffee shop for 30 minutes and maybe saw three people walking. Like that don't ever happen here. It don't matter what time of day or night it is. Or maybe it happens like really, really far out. But generally speaking, I was like, oh, girl, hmm, try again. So it just, there's something about the peacefulness of New York City streets when the weather is kind of trash. Not not like hurricane trash, because nah, nah, I'm not, no, I'm in my house. But when it's just like enough rain that people don't want to go outside, but not so much rain that you're like drowning. Um, so there was just something really nice about that. And yeah, I got to the ferry stop. I was waiting there. It was windy. Ferry came, gone on it, took it right back up to, you know, my neighborhood. And then, you know, walked um, from there home because I'm not right by the ferry, but I'm not that far. It's like maybe whatever, 10 to 12 minute walk. And it just felt really peaceful in a way. And I was really grateful for that because I, again, I think that there would have been a, not I think, I know that there would have been a time where I would have been like, oh no, I can't do that. And now I'm just like, and? Now, again, I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, let me get soaking wet before I go into work. Ew, no. Be all day in an office, like half, half damp. That sounds terrible. But on my way home, it's really not that bad. And I think that letting go of that, like, but, you know, felt really good. Felt real, real good. So, so yeah, that's me uh, for this week. Uh, I'll be back next week with another book. Because that's what I talk about, guys. Romance novels. Um, yeah, that's, 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 (laughs) my brain is like, is there more? But I don't think so. Not, not this week. Thank you again for listening. Um, and if you have not read this new book by Susanna Allen, I really think you should. A Wolf in Duke's Clothing. I, I liked it. I really did. And it's just like such a cool concept. And I'm now like curious to see who else has done it um because uh 
why not? I say, why not? All right, guys, I will see y'all next week. Bye.